Welcome back to the Gymnasium Podcast. I'm your solo host this morning here in San Luis Obispo, Michael Hughes. And I got something just on my mind that I, I had to sit down and record a podcast on it. And it really has to do with the responsibility that us trainers, us uh, movement practitioners in the current industry, as I'm recording this in uh, mid-2022, have towards the future of the healthcare system. Boom. It's making me stay up at night, to be honest with you. So I'm going to dive into that, what my thoughts are on it, and what I, I hope this podcast is, is a bit, of a bit of a rally cry, a bit of a let's step up to the plate opportunity here, because opportunity is rich in the current uh, market of um, movement training, personal training, strength and conditioning, et cetera, et cetera. So let's dive into it. Welcome to the Gymnasium Podcast, where you get to peek behind the curtains of what it takes to create and run a seven-figure fitness facility that ranks in the top 5% of boutique fitness studios for revenue. But to be honest, that's the least important thing about us. Founded by me, Michael Hughes, Gymnasium has created an ecosystem of services that blend performance with restoration techniques and attracts top coaches to its facility. Hosted by its owners, Peyton and myself, and our top coaches. This podcast shares our best practices on everything from how to build a sustainable fitness business to how to program for maximum results to how to build a hybrid training module that's online and in person. We have marketing secrets, movement innovation, and breaking down trends in the industry. If you're a fitness professional or a fitness business owner, this is where you learn how to sharpen your skills and to see maximum results. So I have to start by saying that I never wanted to be a personal trainer. Technically, that's my job title, right? I, I don't like to say it like that because there's, you know, the industry has so many meanings of what that is, but I never really wanted to be one. In fact, I still don't even consider myself one. Um, that's not what I would call myself or even would like to even, to be quite frank with you, I'm sorry to say it, personal trainers out there, I don't even want to relate to being one because of the there's just a there's a feeling about it that um, the general consumer has that I don't think is relatively positive. It's not necessarily negative, but it's not like it's kind of like a, all right, cool. My whole goal was to be a physical therapist from eighth grade. No joke, I knew what I wanted to be since eighth grade. But the more I dive into physical therapy, I'm glad I didn't become a physical therapist in the sense of a licensed physical therapist practicing. In the, in the traditional educational model. Because, wow, I would have been quite upset. And the hard part about it is I had amazing physical therapist mentors growing up. My uncle, being one of them, who actually just retired after, gosh, like 40 years in the industry. I'm not even 40 years old. Like, I was like, to know someone that has been practicing a skill set for longer than I've been alive um, is pretty cool. So hats off to you, Uncle. Um, this is what it comes down to. Why am I not excited that, or why am I excited that I'm not a physical therapist? Because what I would have learned would have would have put me into the protocol-based um, think less, do more 1D, let's just put a band-aid on it type of approach that I'm realizing is where the industry is. Now, this is not for all physical therapists. This is not for all personal trainers who I'm talking about, right? I'm talking about the broader understanding of where the market is. 
So I do not mean to get personal towards anybody. I'm just trying to make a, an, an overall point is that we're not doing a, enough. Personal trainers aren't doing enough and physical therapists aren't doing enough. I'm not just couching physical therapists. I'm talking about even even surgeons in, in that sense, even chiropractors, even, you know, we're just, there's a huge opportunity in front of us to serve the the healthcare industry, meaning anybody who basically has a muscular skeletal disorder. I'm going to refer to it as an MSD, right? That's an ache, a pain, a sprain, a tear, um, anything that has to do with movement and the and the biological physio- uh, physiological system, and it moves in the in the world of physics, basically, right? I'm just trying to put a blanket statement out there. We're talking about fitness. We're talking about movement. We're talking about physicality of the human body. And so opportunity stems around that there's there's technology available. This is how I actually think, right? And we tend to, I, I think most people tend to think about technology as like computer technology, but technology is simply information. In, in my view, there's technology available in this industry that is just being grasped. It's just being um, capitalized, I, I would like to say, putting into the market and actually making uh, uh, making a revenue from, right? For the sake of servicing our population for the better. And that's what I love about capitalism, and I'm relatively a capitalistic in this sense. I know there's huge spectrums on, on that, but to me, the best technology should also be the most profitable technology should be the, the, the also the most valuable technology for those who are consuming it. Um, to me, that's what it's all about. And in this field of biotech, of genomics, like all these things, there's so many amazing revolutions happening with the physical body. Um, and it's incredible. If you want to read a book, called, it's called The Future is Faster Than You Think. And I read that recently, and I'm like, wow, I am so excited for what this this healthcare research system has from the biotech it's incredible but what about from the movement tech and the book said nothing i mean robots but that's not human right like what are we doing to to help the human being move better for the future because all i see coming down the pipeline is more automation more human beings do less, which is not a bad thing by any means, quite frankly. You know, for us not to have to run into a burning building to save somebody would be kind of cool if one day a, a, a robot can can actually do that. I'm talking about like a like a, a human-looking, not looking, but kind of acting, bipedaling um, robot can do that. Like, that'd be awesome. You don't have to lose a, a potential life to save a life? Like, awesome. But what about for like, we're going to be sitting more. Like I'm sitting down at a podcast table right now. Today, my job is going to be business and I'm going to be sitting down for, for quite a bit. And all of my coworkers who are, who right now are training, they're all standing up and like, I'm kind of jealous because I know that the, that the act of sitting or any actual repetitive position, um, Movement, non-movement, right? Sitting, you're still moving, but it's you're you're going to degrade the body faster. The body hates two things, and it's it's a, it's a spectrum. They hate absolute repetition on any movement, and it hates absolute stillness or 
stagnation in any position. So that so that's the spectrum that we're working on. So the more that we're going down that line as computer technology and life technology increases, therefore we have to intentionally move more. Or our population will continue to well, go down in from the physical side of things. So here's our opportunity. More and more fitness facilities, more and more movement facilities, more and more practitioners should be flooding onto the market as our technology of everything else continues to come up because physical labor or the laboring of the body is now um, not a big deal. And our joints and our body requires movement. I would say three-dimensional movement, um, not 1D. And so, again, so here's the kind of the, the cry. When I look at where the industry is going from a broad market, we're getting a lot more you know, franchises coming up, which is great. I'm glad that we're getting more people within the market, people think, thinking that they can influence people's health and vitality via movement. But the product that they're selling doesn't, it, it's, like, it's like we're just staying stagnant, it's like we're, which means we're going backwards. And, and I, have to be, I have to be bold enough, and I really don't like to do this, but I have to be truthful is the F45s, the Orange Theories, the CrossFits, like they're good attempts at pushing uh, an overall uh, ability for people to come into the market for health and fitness. They're making it attractive and fun and they're making it bold. But the product they're providing is, it's like an iPhone 3 and we're at iPhone 13. It's using old technology movement technology, programming technology. And it's, though it's exciting for the mind, though it's enticing for the soul, it's still not good enough. We need much more well-rounded, three-dimensional, holistic, restoration-involved training and conditioning for our population because People don't know what they don't know. The general consumer doesn't know that they have a walking movement dysfunction, that the more repetitions, the more miles they put on, on their body in rowing and treadmill or Olympic lifting is only going to magnify that more. And the, the population that are, the, you know, the business population that we're, we're trying to put out there, these, these standardized stamped programs are just not ad- addressing it. They d- I don't even think that they know. And that's, that's the opportunity. So I'm trying to say, like, so what do, what, what do we do for those listening who are s- a, a, enough interested in this concept that we need to be much more intelligent about how we do stuff? But again, most trainers don't know what they don't know. So we got to do podcasts about it. We got to make YouTube videos about it. We got to do Instagram posts about it. We got to invite people to civil conversations and focus on what is ultimately providing a great result through the science that is in front of us. And even the science that we are creating in our own observation with our own with our own clients. So here's here's the call. Yes, we want to increase the body's you know, health, blood pressure go down, et cetera, et cetera, by just moving and expending unwanted calories. I get it. That's, that's good. But that's like, 
we shouldn't be we shouldn't be putting a, a premium dollar amount on that if you're paying for a trainer or a fitness ex- experience. That should be that should be like a given. Like you buy a car, it has a gas tank. That shouldn't be like a premium option, you know? <laughs> Just it's like it it should do that. But it shouldn't do it too much. Right? In a sense, not now the gas tank analogy doesn't fit anymore but like it's like we shouldn't just focus on the more calories you burn the better the experience is then on the other side of it is too we shouldn't put a premium on oh here's a great stretch and all you did is just stretch but the intentionality of the stretch was no different than the same than everyone else that went through the door i'm talking about the the basic you know, kind of cry for that this, this this yoga world that just stretching alone is going to take care of you. It's not enough, right? So we, we got to start kind of implementing and educating a little bit more, saying, wait, wait, there's there's individual uniqueness among every single consumer in this industry, and we have to have the ability to service that. And what I'm talking about is is really much more of a blending of the in- industry. Like we have a lot of intelligent people, but I, I think we get so siloed, um, even dogmatic in a methodology and an approach. We forget that that that's like that's just like eating meat. Like we should probably have vegetables too, or I'm just eating vegetables. And again, just trying to make a uh, framework to think think about. It's like no, we should probably throw in some fruit too. It's like oh, I only drink I only drink soda. It's like well, maybe we should throw some water in there too. It's like we need a balance of this if we're really going to solve the major problem. There's a lot of players in this industry that are making big, big, big waves that just focus on biomechanical correction of the body. Good. But that's still not even good enough if you're a trainer wanting to make a business out, out of this. Because that's essentially saying you have to serve one person at, at a time. And if you've listened to this podcast, you know that I'm not a fan of that. Not if you want to make a career out of this and actually have a life that you feel proud about and that other that other people see is like, oh, I want that too. Not just a, a, a result, but a life. Like Not just like a, a customer or a client result fixing people's pains, but you actually have a life that you want to live. You go on vacations. You have a family. You get paid even when you don't work. You know, we're talking about, you know, fully in, investing in this opportunity to create an ecosystem for your operations as a trainer, meaning that, yeah, you have to have some one-on-one, but you also need to leverage your time and have some relatively semi-private, and you have to leverage your time even more and have some group. You need to leverage your time even more and to sell your, 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 your knowledge for your, even for your own clients when they're not around you. To me, that's the ecosystem that we need to adapt as an industry uh, if we're ever going to actually put a dent into what we're competing against which is just show up to a you know, 30, 25, 20-person 20 workout and just go, just run, just lift, just stretch. Like, that's not going to cut it. So the technology that's out there is this piece of A, biomechanical training, right? Call it what you, what you want. Call it the alternative biomechanical model. Um, there's a lot of good, good brands out there that are really pushing it and promoting it we're definitely one of them but we're not pushing it as a this is the method we're looking at all methods and how they can come into it so we we like to bring in just as an example is the functional patterns is the wax is the gotas 
There's the Grain Institute. Those are kind of these the big players in my mind. Not many people know about the Grain Institute, actually. I'm actually finding out that and actually per- proving that now. I, I, I knew that, but it was becoming more and more proven that just people just don't know about this kind of, well, another model. So our what we want to do is look at all the models because there's truth in all of it. And the more that we, the more that we we silo, um, the more we miss the opportunity. But that's just from the from the biomechanical model. Then you also have the business model, right? Personal trainers, we all have this sense that we are all relatively own our own business. Even if you're working for a big box gym, you still, relatively speaking, can kind of manage how you want to flow it. So if we don't figure that out too, then we're stuck in this hobby, hobby job. We're stuck in this, like, I tried, I worked my tail off, I got great results, made good money, but I burn out. So we got to bring that into it. But then we got to bring in the kind of the psychosocial piece to it too. Because it isn't just about biomechanics. It's about the, our, our being a great coach. We have to be able to communicate well. We have to be able to inspire people to change their lives. Instead of just people waiting for, for people to come in because they're in massive amounts of pain, like I, th- I think we can be more proactive. So those are kind of the three buckets that I, I, I really see as a, as a huge technological fusion of this in- industry. Understand biomechanics on a, a massively, well, as much as we know it to, to this day, but it's, it's not mathematical biomechanics. It's not what I learned as my exercise science degree. Unfortunately, what I learned in university is not what I'm using today. So it's like we have this technology that needs to, that isn't even infused into our educational system yet. It's still it's still too privatized. It's still too um, bleeding edge that it's that it's still relatively rejected from our traditional um, educators and and scientists movement scientists, our PhDs. It's not fully grasped yet. And it, again, it's. It's challenging to grasp because there's so many variables. And you look at traditional studies in education, you have to remove variables to isolate variables to test it. And that's just not how the system works. The body, the body doesn't work on isolating variables in terms of movement, physics, physical training. Uh, very hard to be able to, to isolate something out and then see how that plays into the broader spectrum of movement. Again, my opinion on that, but... We'll see what actually happens. So the opportunity space is to go after people from or offer a product that has good human interaction, great coaching, great biomechanics, but also a great business system around it that you can grow and share it. And that's kind of what I just wanted to kind of spread out there is that like, what are we doing? What is our education uh, level at from the broad sense? And I kind of want us to intro. I want us to like infiltrate. I want us to get in, and I know it's going to be a fight. It doesn't have to. I sh- it shouldn't be a fight for crying out loud. It's like I have a technology. I have a product that I'm not just saying me, but you know us who are kind of pushing the industry. We have a product that is providing a result that is not being provided by the traditional healthcare system. Traditional physical therapy, traditional massage, traditional yoga, traditional um, stretching—you know, traditional chiropractic. Okay, it's not being solved. They're coming. They're finding their way to us. So, and we're and we're 
providing them solutions that they're saying no one else is doing. Okay, so cool. So we have that. We have a proof of concept. So how how do we put ego down and say, hey, there's we're all here to do one thing, right? All movement practitioners, everyone in the fitness movement industry is here to do one thing. And that's to help people. That's to understand the body to the best of our ability to help people. So if we find a way that helps people better, shouldn't that just spread like wildfire in the industry? Because it's not. It's being resisted. Because egos and this is my way and this is my camp and I got to impress this particular doctor because this particular PhD is, thinks this way and I got to be in the same line as them because I'm going to lose my status. Shouldn't service be over status? You know, shouldn't, shouldn't purpose be over a, a product? Right, this is kind of what I'm looking at, right? Like really important, like service over status is what I kind of want to coin as. It's really pushing for and being so focused Right, being so focused on on providing that selflessness to our industry, versus being so selfish that we don't want to change. Because I really believe that all trainers are the most selfish people in the world. And what I mean by that, and the context around that, is that because we get so much enjoyment, so much fulfillment, so much purpose out of helping somebody. So it's really quite selfless. Honestly, when I help someone remove a movement dysfunction and they say they get up from the table, they get out of that stretch, they get out of that drill, and they went into that drill with a joint pain and now they come out of that drill without it, like, you know how happy they are? What? How much happiness, how much energy does that spit back towards me? It actually drives my entire career. And I'm not the only one. I'm not, the, I'm not even close to the, the only one. Most of you listening, that is the same thing for you too. So here comes our responsibility again. We have to find a way to break down barriers within our own industry because we all want the same thing. And again, I'll say it again. The technology is out there. I've been doing it for the past 10, 12 years. And I'm not the only one but we need to kind of put the f- full package together if we want this to be a sustainable career, if we want actual kinesiologists to rule the roost. Now, what do we mean the actual, right? We have to de- define that one, but, you know, like I want people to come out of an undergraduate, right, of, of education from a u- university saying I'm prepared and I'm ready to actually be a human engineer, I'm ready to break down the human in terms of a movement engineer, right? That's what I that's what I would love to happen, and that's not what's happening now. So we have to go. We have to go grassroots. We got to go off the beaten beaten path. We have to let capitalism speak for us. And I see that in and I speak about this often. Yes, I see that in the electrification of transportation. Right, capitalism has to prove that it's a, it's better in all capacities, in all ways. 
in the vehicle concept. Like we're we're still, I mean, we're super so so close to the range, right? But that's going to be solved in the next three to five years, without a question. So how does how do we provide this training model that it's better in every every way? And it's going to spread like it always spreads, word of mouth. You know, it's not going to spread within the traditional confines of, of marketing because the traditional confines of marketing is just get someone to come in your door any possible way and don't even focus on how you keep them there. That's, that's marketing in the fitness industry. That's it. Trick them into it. Provide weight loss schemes and strategies and put cool paint on a wall. I guess that's important. You want to have a visual ex- exciting spot. But it's like do one study that says if you work out hard and your heart rate's going to stay elevated. It's like that's not – everyone does that. <laughs> but that's what you market. It's crazy. Work out in 45 minutes. Don't do a warm-up. Don't do a cool down. And just hope your body doesn't break down w- within time. Um, yeah, come on. Come on, guys. Like there's, mo- there's more out there. And I'm saying come on because – my eyes have been opened and I'm realizing, like, oh my gosh, this is huge. And I guess people remain to keep their eyes closed or, again, they just don't know what they don't know. And that's what who I'm speaking to. So let me wrap, wrap this up. I feel pretty good about <laughs> this, this, this basic rant here and this, this, this responsibility that what it really comes down to, and here's the point, is that it has it, it can't be that smart versus dumb. It can't be have versus have not. It must be open sourcing, sharing best practices, and saying, hey, I'm you, whoever, I found a way. Can we have a, a, a means of sharing that? But also, again, the, the key piece, I want to emphasize it one last time, it has to be economically viable. The trainer has to be able to make significant changes in their career to make them want to be able to provide them to do this for the rest of their career. And it must be affordable, accessible for the consumer. It has to have both of those things. Personal training is not accessible for the average consumer. Them paying, because you have to do this for the rest of your life, right? This is like brushing your teeth. It's like health and nutrition it's not just for a short term it's for the rest of your life so it has to be it has to be affordable and i don't know how many people are actually preaching that you know um i get that probably training is probably too inexpensive you know so it's too much of a commoditization approach right it's getting too cheap because we need people who are intelligent and smart I, i get that but once we get there once we solve that it has to go back the opposite direction Again, I'm going to reference Tesla. They started with a very expensive piece of machinery that most people couldn't even afford, but that funded their development of a mass market car. We we need to do the exact same master plan in our training and conditioning industry, which we've, it's like, this industry is way older than, 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 than we think. So it's like, we need to kind of put a stake in the ground saying, all right, we're pivoting around this stake now. And this is what we need to follow. All right. Hope that was somewhat exciting and followable. I hope that wasn't too too random, but it was on my heart and I had to I had to just kind of put it out there. So, thanks for listening. Appreciate you guys' involvement, your support um and just to the community 
that I know is around us, I just wanted to just say thank you. Thank you for pushing and for um, doing a good job of, of not letting what you've learned in the past dictate what the future brings, not letting your ego stop you from growth, and not letting um, kind of the bully type of academia set the stage when we need we need much more of an like I said an open source a kind of like hey let's share best practices you know let's not close our our doors to everything yes there's IP out there that needs to be protected but um, when we're talking about just physics and biology and behavioral sciences no one owns those things it just needs to be shared so that's it appreciate you guys and uh, we'll see you on or we'll talk to you on the next podcast Hey, y'all, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, please share it with your fitness-obsessed friends and peers who are also navigating this world of fitness and trying to succeed with the trends and misinformation. As you guys can see, this podcast is basically a masterclass for trainers wanting to level up in their coaching skills and their fitness business model. Relaunches in 2020 because you and your fitness tribe deserve to see an unfiltered look at all the aspects of what it takes to stand out as a next-generation coach and build a successful fitness business. So, share it far and wide. And please, when you do, do me a favor. Take a screenshot of this screen and share it to your social media accounts. And use the hashtag GymnazoPodcast. That's hashtag GymnazoPodcast. That way we can see you and share your post with our audience. And finally, when you're ready to go to the next level as a coach or in your business, and to reach more people, please go check out gymnazoedu.com. We have put together the best 90-day coaching program on the market for trainers wanting to become a masterful practitioner and build a business that gives them the freedom and impact. So let us help you do just that. We have online training and one-on-one coaching to guide you through a full 90-day certification. We even get you training our clients live because it's always better to work out your kinks on someone else's clients than yours. But we promise you this, your clients will be blown away by the transformation our program will help you make. You'll be masterful at a whole new level and part of an incredible community of coaches worldwide taking their skills to the next level. So if you thought today's episode had some fire to it and inspired you to take action, wait until you see what we deliver on this program. So just go to gymnazoedu.com and we'll see you on the other side. Remember that turning your passion for fitness into transformation and sustainable business is critical to reaching the people and lives you were put on earth to help. It matters and truly can make an impact in other people's lives. So I hope you do that. Keep sharing your passion and we'll talk to you soon.